0: You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And this week, after speaking a lot with my therapist about my self-hatred, about the puns that I make at the start of each one of these shows, I've come to realize that this is just another example of displacement. Like, like displacement, like the ability that the displacer beast has, which is the monster of this episode. Nope. Whoops, I'm back. Just, just as bad as always. You can find the Displacer Beast on page 81 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. This is a classic, if admittedly bizarre, monster, especially when looked at, like, outside the context of the long history of D&D. It's essentially a large panther-like monster, but it has six legs and notably, like, a big pair of tentacles that sprout up out of its shoulders with, like, sort of hooked barbs on the end of them. And it's called a Displacer Beast, and it gets its name from the fact that it can sort of somehow project two versions of itself that sort of like, you know, waver out of existence, making it hard to hit. It's also called a Deer LeGround, or an Omlar Cat in some editions, which uh, I've never heard before. But in recent editions, it has like a Feywild origin, and they are, for some reason, Evil, all of them. The evil, they just, oh, they're just so evil. Which, you know how I feel about monsters who hate all life and seek to destroy it. Mechanically, the Displacer Beast is a CR3 large monstrosity. It's got good physical stats, poor mental stats, although a 6 intelligence actually isn't bad for what I'd assumed was basically just an animal. They've got dark vision, they have avoidance, the power we saw on the Demi-Lich, that's basically evasion except for all saving throws, which is pretty nice. Then they have Displacement, which is a unique power, which basically imposes disadvantage on all attacks against them until they are hit, which then resumes again at the start of the Displacer Beast's turn. And then lastly, they have two Tentacle attacks, but no Bite attack? weirdly which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, and that's the displacer beast. Uh, again, another one of these like classic D&D monsters like the bullet or the rust monster or the owl bear, right? That's unique to D&D, has no providence kind of outside of that, um, but has been here since the very beginning. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about the history of the displacer beast in Dungeons and Dragons. Displacer Beasts do appear in the 1977 Monster Manual, although there is shockingly little said about them, their lore or their origin or anything. But otherwise, they're pretty much the same, down to their antipathy for Blink Dogs, their weirdly glowing eyes, which is the point they make even in 5e. They specifically call out the fact that if you kill a Displacer Beast, their eyes still continue to glow, which is weird. And I don't know. I don't know why that is like it's cool, but 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 why? But 1st edition does have the distinction of describing their um, horny tentacles, H-O-R-N-E-Y, horny tentacles. Uh, yep, horny tentacles, by the way, was a potential name for this podcast. In 2nd edition, they introduced the idea that they hate all forms of life for no reason but they do have some interesting theories about why they don't get along with blink dogs. Uh, the boring one is that blink dogs are good and displacer beasts are evil. But the more interesting one is that there's something about their two weird powers that don't work together, that they cause some kind of a things to go haywire. That like blink dogs can't teleport and displacer beasts can't have their displacement around each other, which I think is actually really cool. It's something we should maybe keep in, right? Because it gives them like an actual more interesting reason for them to not like each other beyond just cats, dogs, good, evil, right? In 3E, they are specifically described as emaciated, and they also have some very, like, yucky art, which is what I always picture because I started in 3rd edition when I think of a Displacer Beast. They can also speak in this edition, which is interesting. And while they are technically called out as being lawful evil, they're not described as being particularly vile or heinous, just basically presented as intelligent predators like the Winter Wolf. 4th edition gives zero lore to the Displacer Beast at all, uh, but they do have some interesting mechanical choices. They have like a shifting power that allows them to reposition whenever they're attacked, um, which is like a cool way to play off of the displacement, and something that we will certainly come back to. And that brings us back to 5th edition. While they have appeared in every edition, there's not a lot of history behind the Displacer Beast, not a lot of baggage. They have remained essentially the same over all five editions of the game. But next up, we're going to talk about the things we think 5th edition does well with their version of the Displacer Beast. Now, I'm a little torn about the Displacer Beast because my first positive thing is about how just fucking weird it is. It is a deeply weird, deeply Dungeons & Dragons monster. It's like... A panther is one thing. A panther with displacement is another thing. A panther with six legs and displacement, okay. A panther with six legs, two tentacles, and displacement, all right. A panther with six legs, two tentacles, displacement, Feywild origins, hatred for blink dogs, and inexplicably glowing eyes, pure Dungeons & Dragons. Like, it feels like something that John Carter would fight, right? It feels like something from Barsoom, from, like, the sword and sorcery era of like cheap paperbacks, you know? And that, kind of cool, interesting. Cut from the same cloth as something like a Jirolan. You know what I mean? Like a very classic pulpy monster. I will say, I love it when the monster has its own unique ability that no other monster has, and that is what the Displacer Beast gives us. It's right there in the name. Displacement, as far as I know, is not found on any other monster. And it's a cool mechanic, and it's interesting, and it sets the tone for how this kind of a fight goes. It establishes it as sort of a slippery bastard kind of a monster. Lastly, I would say that the enmity with the Blink Dogs is... Interesting. It's a little dodgy. You have to be careful about how you do it. But I always like it when one monster is sort of tied to another monster. It does sort of help suggest encounter ideas and themes and adventure concepts. You have to be a little careful that it's not just like these two ancient races hate each other. Because I feel like that stuff is very bleh and yucky. But yeah, the notion of there being some kind of maybe historical, maybe magical... Reason they wouldn't get along is interesting, and I, again, I always like ties to other monsters, so I'm going to count that as a positive, but you got to be careful about how you use it. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about the things we don't like so much about the 5th edition Displacer Beast, and then maybe ways that we could improve it. My first complaint about the Displacer Beast is that I don't particularly care for the lore. We have gone over and over the fact that monsters that are inherently evil is poor design, with a few exceptions. Obviously, we've just talked a lot about demons, we're talking about devils on the show as well, but the Displacer Beast is a monstrosity. It is neither of those things, and there is no need for it to be evil. If you want to say that it has six intelligence, that means it is sentient. Therefore, it can't be simply just evil. It has to have reasons for what it's doing, right? So I find that to be a little dull. In 5th edition, they make a big point about them being raised by members of the Seelie and Unseelie court, which is cool, and we'll talk about in a little bit, but the idea of them being bred for evil and cruelty, eh, I'm not into it. We can think of something more interesting. The fact that they don't have a bite attack is also pretty weird. I feel like it's a panther. It should have a bite. I mean, honestly, it could even have some claw attacks. The fact that it just has the tentacle attacks. Like, why give something six legs if it doesn't get an additional claw attack? I understand you don't want it to get 12 attacks or whatever from the bite and the claws and the tentacles, but it does seem weird that it just has the tentacle attacks. What is the point of it having teeth and claws if it doesn't get to use them? Kind of strange. My last beef is that while I love that they have displacement, it does give them a unique mechanic. There's no specific tactic implied by this like I read this and all I can see is a creature that whaps you with its tentacles and then you have a hard time missing it there's no real tactical advantage it gets beyond just being there and attacking you right it's not encouraged to stealth it's not encouraged to move it's not encouraged to do anything it's just it hits you right so I would say combat wise it's lacking a little bit I'm not going to call it dull necessarily but it could use a little bit more spice So let's talk about that. How would we improve the Displacer Beast, starting with those mechanics? I would say that maybe you give the Displacer Beast a reaction, maybe two reactions, where whenever it is missed by a melee or a ranged attack within range, whenever it is missed by a melee attack, that it can use its tentacles to kind of whap at that person, right? Like, oop, missed me, got the wrong one, whap, oop, missed me, got the wrong one, whap every time, right? Because I think that will give it a little bit more of a tactical idea that it's dangerous to get too close to it. It's dangerous to try to hit it, much less even just to fail. Not only do you fail, but you might also get smacked as well. I think you could then go so far as to say that the tentacles are only used for the reactions, right? And that maybe its actual attack is a bite and claw and rake, like we used to see in 3rd edition, that it would pounce on you, right? And then keep other people away with its tentacles. I think that's kind of interesting because it implies the notion of, like, it gets up near one target, maybe it runs at a spellcaster and pounces on them, claws and bites and rakes them, and then uses its tentacles to kind of beat back anybody who gets too close, right? I think that's kind of cool. And at least more tactically interesting than just I have some basic attacks. Secondly, I would redesign the lore. I like the idea of them being sort of like fey wild hunting beasts. I think that's cool. But they make this point that displacer beasts were the creatures of the unseelie court, and that the blink dogs were the creatures of the seelie court. And like, that's Kind of interesting, but again, it implies it's like we bred them for evil, and therefore all Displacer Beasts are evil. If you said that the Displacer Beasts of the Unseelie Court are evil, okay, that's not so bad, right? Displacer Beasts that serve the Unseelie Fae have have a predilection towards cruelty, fine but it's just a little weird to say that they all do. So I would remove that element of it and say you can find them in the wild, but they are sometimes trained by, you know, cruel fae huntmasters to be these exacting lethal predators. Then that's fine. Then you can have an evil displacer beast if you want, but it's got to be contextualized. That's all. And then lastly, I would maybe include a sidebar about Blink Dogs, because I do really love the idea that like, when a Displacer Beast is around a Blink Dog, its powers don't work. Maybe you bake that into the mechanics, but I like the idea that Blink Dogs can't teleport and that Displacer Beasts can't use their displacement when they are around each other, which gives them this almost like metaphysical reason to not like each other, less of a, an ancient race hatred or anything like that. And that concludes our episode on the Displacer Beast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the next slate of devils. I think we're talking about four of them this time, so it's going to be a lot to cover. Make sure you don't miss out. If you're interested in seeing sort of how the sausage is made with these monster redesigns, you can tune into our Thursday streams at 2 p.m. at PST, where we take one of these monsters into the garage and we redesign them from the ground up. So don't miss that on our YouTube channel, Thursdays, 2 p.m. PST. But until then, thank you so much for listening. I hope this proved at least one way to skin a cat, and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter, at Timothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month gets you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at Patreon.com ProDM. You can catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2pm PST on our YouTube channel. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.